from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com, it's The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, March 25th, 2011, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Aw, thanks. (laughs) My mouth guard is round and fuzzy. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's different. Let's clarify. You're talking about your microphone. My microphone, because we have an extra person here. Microphone Mm -hmm. pop filter. Yeah, fuzzy. Not your mouth guard like on your face you don't have anything round yeah. and fuzzy on my, your my, head just my came head straight from the orthodontist <laughs> yeah i used to i i wore my headgear like to school like no sometimes. i Not married the girl who wore headgear to yeah, school like, yeah. was it fuzzy no it was very metally okay. oh I, I wore it like did you twice. wear leg braces like forrest gump no it was like <laughs> you only had to wear it at night but i wore it to school sometimes not dorky yeah oh. oh that's sad okay anyways uh let's see also here uh josh luhan loveless hello people uh on the skype line from loverland virginia jesse carey hello hello and uh michaelis today is our in the other room is our illustrious producer chad michael snavely the reason why he's michaelis <laughs> and he's waving his um, hands still work. That's good. The reason why he's Michaelis is we actually have a, a friend joining us on the podcast today. Mm. Um, now, his name is Tom Gustafson, and he is uh, joining us actually for a segment coming up later in the podcast. But we thought, hey, he's here. He might as well just join us, sit in for the whole thing. So yes. welcome, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. And I was going to say, we don't want to give away what the segment is, but he has been called the Mel Kuyper Jr. Yes. of college <laughs> NCAA mascots. Yeah, mainly for mascots. My, ha- my hair, not so much my knowledge. <laughs> Mel Kuyper's Jr. 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 Because Mel Kuyper, Kuyper Jr. is the junior. So what's the junior below the junior? Double junior. <laughs> no, he's junior the third. Squared. He's Mel Kuiper Jr. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's no, right. no I don't like that. Okay, there we go. There we go. That's Not okay with for. that one. We just lost two thirds of our listeners. Oh, yeah. yeah, thank you. We're, uh, we're going sports today, people. You have to deal with no, it. No, we're not going sports. I'm later going sports. in the later in the in the show coming up, uh, we have a very special March Madness mascot tournament, mm-hmm. and that's what Tom's joining us for. Uh, we also have an interview with uh, Tyler Merrick, who's the founder of Project Seven. Uh, they do coffee. Uh, fair trade coffee and mints and gum. Do they have a mascot? I think it's Tyler himself. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, it's it, ironically, it's Mel Kiper Jr. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, March 29th. Radiohead is coming out with the physical version of the Kings of Limbs or the King of Limbs. Um, everybody has this. Yeah, it's funny to me that you you now get to to do a double release mm-hmm. with the digital and the physical I mean it's the same album they're just announcing hey now you can hold it in your hand it's, La- it's last weird. week uh, Cademan's Call did the same thing they, yeah. they did the digital uh, stuff for their fans and then now the physical release do you think that's where Radiohead got the idea from Cademan's, Cademan's Call, Call probably yeah. are they touring Derek. together yeah <laughs> they're opening <laughs> okay that's cool <laughs> that's great uh, also going out Britney Spears with Femme Fatale hmm have you, uh, have you, oh, do you Brittany. own that? Have you Is listened to that? No, I don't. And uh, Chad does, though. And it's really unfortunate he doesn't have a uh, mic because he was tweeting about it yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he has some thoughts okay. on uh, I think uh, I think she should have learned to sing by now. She was gone for have like... Have you heard it? No. Well, how do you know she has Well, I've heard her singles, and it still sounds all digitally enhanced and stuff. Like she's singing through... If you got auto-tune, you don't need to learn how yeah. to sing. Mm-hmm. Just ask Rebecca Black. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. I, I, okay. It's on now. So I've seen <laughs> all these Rebecca Black Friday references. Hmm. So yesterday, Amaya's at a book club last night. I'm home alone. I'm on YouTube. So I'm like, I need to see what this Rebecca Black thing is. Did you have like two burly guys trying to break into your house while you were there? I have no idea what you're talking okay. about. Okay, the home alone. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I wouldn't describe Daniel Stern as burly, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I'm, 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 I'm watching this thing, and I didn't know if it was serious or not serious or whatever, you know. And so it's like official music video, three and a half million views. 
And that is the worst song I've ever heard in my life. It's up to 24 million. Oh, th- no, 35 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but what when I thought it was 24. And, yeah. And, and, and we should, and we should preface for, for those listeners that somehow haven't heard about the, uh, you know, phenom that is for Back in Black. I, you know, I, I feel bad making light because, I mean, she's like 16 and like her parents uh, like bought her access to a studio and like a pre-written song. And the song. Wait, that was she didn't pre-written. Write the song. That was probably the worst song. Somebody ever sold that song. Yeah. 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 Wow. Someone bought it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, she. Wow. Okay. I the reason why I even clicked on it was I read an, an article on Mashable that she's making twenty seven thousand dollars a week from that song right now. Yeah, it's well, incredible. I, I heard that she's giving it all to the Japan uh, <laughs> earthquake victims. That's what that's what a set of Rolling Stones. Are Stone. you serious? That so don't we all feel like crap? No, no. <laughs> this is bad money management. <laughs> oh, this is the no. only money she's going to make in her life as an entertainer. <laughs> she should invest. I mean, it. her parents could afford to get her the studio time. So well, the parents I think spent, she'll be all right. The parents spent two thousand yeah. dollars, and then now yeah. they're making twenty seven thousand dollars a week. This is what's broken about the music business: is this is the kind of stuff that makes a lot of money, not some of the other stuff that you know some of us like listening like to. Radiohead, yeah, physical I mean, edition. Yeah, they they aren't making twenty seven thousand a week. Yeah, they probably are. Yeah, they're a bad example. Yeah, they are. But there's <laughs> there's a handful of people that they're making interesting music that people will buy. But you know, ninety nine percent of people that are setting out to do something interesting. Yeah, nobody's heard of them. But 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 the, the the thing is, she's making all the people that are buying them the 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 song are doing it ironically. You know what I mean? It's not like I don't think it's really a thing about the uh, you know corruption of of artistic integrity in the music industry. I think it's just a lot of people. It's like the Anton Dotson song. I mean, a lot of people bought it because it was funny. You so, know? but I mean, the thing that baffled me about the song is like, it just starts out and you're like, okay, she's just kind of a bad singer. But then like it gets into, she starts naming the days of the week. She literally Shut starts up. saying, yeah. tomorrow is it. Saturday, yeah. then it's Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this weekend never ends. Yesterday was Thursday and I'm doing homework. I mean, she's just talking about days of the week. But, okay, uh, but I do, or <laughs> really? I, and I know, I know I'm the one who brought this whole, whole, you know, thing I up i do want to say like she she is like 15 or 16 and that's not an excuse for having terrible taste in, in song uh song choices but i mean hey good for her that she's going out there and, and doing what she wants to i mean she 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 rolled the dice and you know what i mean she wanted to be a singer she 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 went into the studio made a video mean? what do you mean she and- rolled the dice you, she didn't risk anything she didn't she, okay okay time out she's she's become like a laughing stock you know i mean think about it if you're 16 and your name is now synonymous with this horrible Jesse, song jesse yeah. you're starting to talk about rebecca black as if you guys know each other yeah. Or, or, Do you or know the family? My cousin, dude. Okay, okay, okay. Why are you defending her? Rolling the dice like she's risked it all. She went all in. She's He's like, I'm gonna put my life on the line. But, but yeah. wouldn't no, it, no, is, all is I'm it, saying is, okay. All I'm saying is, it, look. I think if if a lot of if a lot of people who had who had and okay, this is gonna sound sappy, but who have a dream. Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> here we go. No, Cue the music, listen, Chad. Just listen to me, okay? <laughs> I, you know, I I don't have a horse in this race, okay? I, I don't know Rebecca a black you know but i'm just saying you know she went out there she did her thing it's kind of blown up in her face but at least she gave it a shot you know what i mean i i have a hard time feeling bad for people no matter their age that are making twenty seven thousand dollars a week and giving it to uh victims of a earthquake and tsunami josh (laughs) (laughs) so so if you haven't heard this i hope that stings chad can you uh play play us a little clip of of uh friday by rebecca black So, so there you go. That's that's the phenom, the phenom, mm. the uh, the hit. But there's a like, difference between a phenomenon and a phenom. I just I think we just should be specific. Phenomenon. She's more of a phenomenon than a phenom. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, LeBron James is a phenom. That was exactly what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you guys are so connected. Yeah. <sighs> also coming out, Emery uh, with uh, "We Do What We Want." 
So, so does Rebecca Black. Wow. Mm. Mm. She rolls the dice. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sum 41 is apparently still making Shut music. Up. Wow. Uh, with uh, Screaming Bloody Murder. Screaming <laughs> Bloody Murder. I guess I <laughs> <laughs> emphasize <laughs> that right. Why did you choose to... <laughs> bloody Murder. I don't know. Synthesize um, that. Uh, Bibio is coming out with Mind Boca. Uh, I have the Bibio album. Derek Webb made me buy it. Hmm. Made you. Made you. He's a small man. <laughs> How does he make, make anyone he, do anything? He, he punched you in the stomach and said, you're going to buy this for me. Yeah. Uh, the Pains of Being Pure at Heart are coming out with Belong. Mm. Mountain Goats with All Eternals Deck. And Peter, Bjorn, and John mm-hmm. with Gimme Some. Gimme so and Jay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. There's your uh, music. Movie's coming out on Friday, April 1st, which is Maya's birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy oh, birthday yeah. to me. Happy birthday. Source Code, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. It's where he goes back eight minutes to find the bomber on the train. Uh, and also coming out, Super, starring Rain Wilson, Ellen Page, Liv Tyler, Kevin Bacon. Hmm. All right. That's your entertainment releases. So stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Take it for your medicine. Take what you sow. This podcast is brought to you by Fuller Theological Seminary, a multi-denominational seminary providing professional and graduate-level education through schools of theology, psychology, and intercultural studies. To learn more about Fuller and its seven campuses, you can visit fuller.edu. You're listening to Tapes and Tapes. The song is Freak Out. They're freaking out because there's no more tape decks, I think. <laughs> there's got to be a reason. It's got to be. Uh, also, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard The Kills with Nail in My Coffin from their upcoming album, Blood Pressure. Also, they're on the next cover of Relevant Magazine, which is at the printer right now. Uh, okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Um, a panel of 13 record company executives who are suing the file sharing uh, company LimeWire are wanting to collect a uh, collect on a summary judgment. So basically, a judge recently said that okay, LimeWire is liable uh, for losses to the record industry, and, and I think this is all debatable. You know whether. You can look at the nuances of it because LimeWire is just a software. People, they didn't, we weren't actually the ones exchanging files. But, but that's all, um, you know, that's all already been decided. What's up for contention now is the amount of money that they are asking for. Um, and a, a judge in in Manhattan actually said their request was a little bit unreasonable because they're attempting to collect seventy five trillion dollars from LimeWire. <laughs> LimeWire, which doesn't exist and never made money. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the judge uh, asked the the executives <laughs> if they were aware that that was five times the national debt. Um, <laughs> But they said, look, letter of the law says that we get a certain amount on every infringement. And because millions of songs were uh, allegedly uh, shared using LimeWire, they think that this $75 trillion is is coming their way. Um, the Manhattan judge also said, you realize that since Edison first built the phonograph in 1877, all of the money ever – uh, ever made by any sort of item in the music industry has not added up to $75 trillion. So it's impossible that that's what the damages are. Uh, these executives are sticking to their guns. So, Wow. We'll see if they get that $75 trill. That's now, ridiculous. Now, if you're uh, looking to build a stairway to the moon made of money, mm. <laughs> this would be a great way to go about it. It would. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. part yeah. of the plan. 
It's yeah, well, I think I think the the record companies have given up on the on making money on music thing. Maybe for the same reasons that uh, Josh just described of you know of how broken the system is. So I think they are just going to start charging to ride their escalator made of money to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> I think Richard I'd, Branson is I'd in pay, on this. I'd pay well. to do that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, you, your payment is you have to build an extra stair with hundred dollar bills. Right, once you get to the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you have, Mike? Well, there's more uh, rage in the fast food industry. What? Yes. Really? More? I'm, more. I'm sure everyone remembers the Burger King incident of, the, the of attacking the people yeah. because she thought someone spit in her sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jumping over the counter and everything that happened in South Florida. And coming back again to attack coming them back, even more. Coming yeah. back, right, yeah. Right. It was a big, big ordeal. Yeah. So it wasn't just impulsive. No, there no. Was a, there was a premeditated portion. Yeah, this time happened at Taco Bell. What? Well, yes. that doesn't surprise me. That's shocking. Um, apparently, the uh, <laughs> price of the... Uh, Beefy Crunch Burrito has gone up from $0.99 cents to $1.49. And this man was not okay with that. <laughs> he was not. He was in the drive Because they had that whole campaign about the $0.99. Nine cent cent. Be- yeah. yeah well, apparently, the campaign's over and the prices have gone Isn't up. Isn't it much beefier now, though? Yeah. And I think they're, I think they're shrimp in there now. <laughs> and two quarters. So, <laughs> you really get your value to get out of it. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this man uh, was so enraged that he was in the drive-thru and he fired his BB gun through the window no. at the manager. No. Yes. Well, everybody obviously hit the floor and the man uh, then drove around um, into the parking lot and was waving. He also had pistols and assault ri- rifles with him and was waving them around. When the police showed up, he fired at the police and then he barricaded himself inside a nearby motel room that uh, they had a standoff until they had to uh, lob tear gas into the man's man's um, hotel room. Well, sometimes, I'll, I'll, sometimes a man has to stand up for his principle. <laughs> and and, and mean, sometimes that principle involves 50 cents. And sometimes it requires the use of assault rifles. Now, is this the plot of falling down too? <laughs> or is this something entirely different? Queen Latifah's in this one, right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that amazing? I, wow. heard, I heard about this story and I heard the first weapon he used was an air gun. Ooh. How many times do you have to pump an air gun to get it to uh, to do any damage? I just picture him like seeing his receipt and then just like pumping like 25 times. Yeah. It seems as if he had, a, he had a cache of weapons in his, what I'm assuming is a big white van. And so as he was sitting in the drive-thru, yeah. what yeah. I'm interested yeah. in is when he's reading his receipt, yeah. Yeah. he turns around yeah. to his cache of weapons yeah. that are, are on hooks, They're on hooks hook. in his white van. Yeah, of course. And he yeah. says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go level one on this. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go threat level orange yeah. and I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then as it escalated, he moved from threat level orange yeah. uh, to bloody massacre. To threat red. level midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, well it, it, here's my question. If you're the type of dude that owns uh, uh, a cache of, of handguns and assault rifles, um, why do you also own an air gun? <laughs> that's what, what I mean. Why do you lead that's off like, with that that's one? Like saying, that's like saying, okay, I need uh, I need an Uzi, a bazooka, and a bow and arrow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, why is he leading off with the BB gun? Well, because, you know, if you want to be taken seriously, just, just show the semi-automatic, you know, some of your... Some of the other, your assault rifles. I think he didn't mean to harm anyone. He just, he, you know, once you get going. You just want to get his point yeah. across. Yeah, once you get yeah. going, it's difficult. When you have that rack of weapons in the <laughs> yeah. van, well, it's difficult to stop this, the first this, These two quarters are egregious. Mm-hmm. And, and how much ammunition did he waste in this tirade? Probably, Probably more than 50, 50 cents. cents. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. No, you're telling me the guy that opened uh, fire on a Taco Bell over 50 cents wasn't thinking it through? (laughs) I think you're you're wrong in that assumption. (laughs) This seems like a very rational individual. So if there's, I'll just, I'll Google every time before we podcast if there's any more rage. Yeah. Fast Fast food food rage. I want to see the mugshot. Is there any way to Google or fast food rage? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just have that come in every morning. Hashtag. Mm Uh, my slice is not quite as violent, um, but uh, Shame on you. equally as important. Uh, in Australia, there's a cafe 
nice neighborhood cafe. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be a nice place to be today, right? In Australia, sitting in a cafe. I think it's nighttime over there right now. They, well, so it would be weird <laughs> if you were sitting in a cafe in the middle of the night in Australia. You're breaking the law. Uh, <laughs> you probably have a van full of flowers. <laughs> and you're preparing. You're just polishing yeah. one in the dark. Yeah. You're sitting there. Yikes. <laughs> uh, so in uh, in a community called Whitehorse, uh, there is uh, there's this path in front of the cafe uh, where they allow children to come and uh, and do chalk drawings on the sidewalk. Nice. And uh, it is nice. And they, they draw uh, pictures of fish and uh, apparently it says here pirates, which, you know, is very, you know, it's, it's a talented kid. Um, anyway, the city has come in and said um, they can no longer allow children to make graffiti uh, in the city <laughs> and have shut down the sidewalk. And are huh. not allowing children to draw with chalk anymore because apparently, no matter the age of the person, drawing on public property is considered graffiti. Hmm. And they are they are uh, they're, they're they're really coming down hard on the preschoolers. Yeah. So and they've um, locked up like a hundred and fifty <laughs> of them. So I'm picturing th- this this article describes this mother drawing <laughs> juvie. This mother and her children in tears when they were told the drawings had to stop. And they've decided uh, they're still going to move forward and they're still going to do the chalk drawings. Ooh, they're this rolling mother, my dice. And they're four and five-year-olds. Wow. Armed with BB guns. Oh, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> I hope that this escalates and like <laughs> Australia brings the fire department out there just to unleash the fire hoses on the chalk drawings. <laughs> <laughs> wash all away. Wash and watch the kids cry. Where is know? this going to go? I, I think it's going to escalate to something that's out of control. I'm worried yeah. about the standoff that's going to happen between preschoolers and police. They could just go to their own house and do it. They could, but now they've decided this is something worth standing yeah, for. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've really got to put a lot of time and energy to, for standing up for what you believe. And I think chalk drawings constitute that. But so. have you ever drawn something, Jesse, and you step back and you go, wow, that is some of my best work? And to think someone's going to come along and erase it. I mean, that's, that's, well, didn't you see Mary Poppins? That happens. Well, well, yeah. And and I don't mean to, I don't, I don't mean to burst the preschoolers bubble, but there's also something called rain. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If Mary Poppins taught us nothing, I can uh, see how chalk art is not a permanent art I can see how chalk art would be a gateway drug to graffiti. I think that's what I'm afraid of. It depends on Mark Echo, where he got started. Were the, uh, were the preschoolers, um, drawing gang symbols or gang affiliate well, pirates. language. Pirates. Pirates and fish. So it's Christian. It Maybe a Christian fish. So okay. a Christian gang. So the Sixth Street Pirates. <laughs> yep. Right. Fifth yeah. Street Fish. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's what it, five it, it was clearly are... getting out of control. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. It was good that they did that. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Tyler Merrick. listening to The Hours. The song is See the Light. The video is playing right now on Relevant TV. Tyler Merrick is the founder of Project 7, uh, a company he started in 2008, uh, which sells consumer products, uh, bottled water, gum, coffee, mints, and donates a large percentage of its profits to nonprofit organizations. Um, It's an interesting story. Tyler wanted to turn the concept as he wanted to turn the seven deadly sins upside down. For example, instead of focusing on a person who is gluttonous, focus on helping the person who has nothing to eat. Project seven's goal is to make positive change in seven areas of global need. So like for every product you buy, um, they'll tell you like when you buy this pack of gum, um, this tree gets planted or when you, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, the, the idea isn't to get consumers to buy more stuff just to change the products you already buy. So, uh, for every purchase of a project seven product, some good is done in seven areas of need. Uh, they feed the hungry. Uh, these are the themes, feed the hungry, heal the sick, hope for peace, house, the homeless, quench the thirsty, teach them well and save the earth. Nonprofit organizations supporting any of these seven areas of need can submit applications to Project 7 for, for, uh, for funding, for donations. 
And on top of that, it's really good coffee and really tasty gum and mints. So uh, the the gum and mints actually just got picked up if you live on the West Coast, all up and down uh, California in Walmarts. You can also buy them at Caribou Coffees all around the country uh, and a bunch of bunch of other places. Uh, we actually brew Project 7 here in our offices. So don't, don't stop by for a cup. I'm just, it's for our staff. Um, you can uh, check them out at project7.com. Tyler was uh, in town recently. We're friends. We asked him to come by the studio and our editorial director, Roxanne Weeman, uh, talked to him. Um, here is part of that interview. The full interview will be on um, the podcast episode page. You can listen to it in its entirety. So without any further ado, here's Roxanne Weeman talking to Project 7's Tyler Merrick. Can you tell us a little bit just about kind of the genesis of Project 7? Absolutely. It it was um, a consumer goods line that was started in an effort to create an ongoing revenue stream for nonprofits, specifically seven different areas of need. So um, we do everyday items, like you said, and when you buy them, they they tell you exactly what you're doing. So you're feeding the hungry, you're housing the homeless, um, you're healing the sick, you know, buying malaria medicine. Our whole message is getting people to think about how they buy, um, you know, to be smarter as a consumer. And when they do together, um, there can be some really neat things that happen out of that. So everything's made in America as well, which is kind of a cool thing. So a lot of times we may be doing international relief, but we're supporting the local economy with the products that we make here here in the States. So, yeah. We've always said Project 7 products, our goal is to have a quality product, competitively priced, that allows people a way to help fund things they care about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like the best gum you've ever had in your life or the only you know, gum that you'll chew. Our, 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 kind of our, our theme this, this past year has been to get people to think about, don't just buy more stuff, change how you buy. Like we're not selling strawberry slicers. Right. You know, like some random right. widget. Right. But we're just selling things that you're going to buy in anyway. But if you shift in your purchases, you can make an impact yeah. on somebody else's life. Which, I mean, brings up an interesting question um, that we think about a lot here is just this sort of trend toward commodified compassion, if you will, where people are um, purchasing something to do good. And, you know, whether it's Tom's shoes or to write love on her arm stuff or Project 7 yeah. gum or t-shirts. So how do you kind of, like, how do you feel about sort of mixing that that consumerism with compassion? And do you think, like, does that taint your message or change the message? I think that you're always going to have a certain percentage of those customers that are maybe only doing it because it's trendy. You know, they buy a pair of Tom's shoes because they're cute or you know I've heard that's a neat story mm-hmm. but at the end of the day um, there was somebody that got a pair of shoes out of that that wouldn't have got one so uh, an end justifies the means I mean sense. yeah it, as long as for us the same way about um, what, what we do with gum and mints you could make a case to say don't buy any gum or mints at all give mm-hmm. that up and use that money to go towards you know a charity that you mm-hmm. care about um, but that's living in a vacuum. That's not, you know, reality in that sense. We just retool the message, and we're able to reach out to people that maybe um, are outside of the church or inside the church or you know wherever. But they're in a coffee shop, at a bookstore, at a Walmart, and there's this this call to action that's on the shelf that they have to deal with. So it says feed the hungry, and they may not buy that product right then. But our hope is that we've kind of planted an Easter egg on their path. So they go outside the door and they see someone, you know, panhandling, asking for, you know, help. Maybe it helps make them think twice about kind of their their thoughts on that. Um, Same thing with like, how's the homeless? We put those messages out there. So for us, the ends do justify the means, Mm -hmm. I think. So you have seven kind of yeah. areas of focus, and they're all kind of inverses of 
the deadly sins. Yeah, loosely. Um, <laughs> loosely. So, um, feed the hungry instead yeah, of gluttony. So right. how do you kind of, that's a broad range of focus. Like how do you it's kind hard. of keep a focus on each or give equal attention it's hard. to each? It's really hard. It, the thing that's really challenging about that too is you'll have retailers that gravitate towards sure. a couple causes more than others. And so, you know, as you're kind of the parent you see, you know, one of your one of these yeah. causes over here kind of getting um, left off, or so we constantly have to fight to try to keep those mm -hmm. up. And um, you know, like you take Hope for Peace, for instance, Children of War. For a lot of large retailers, that's a touchy subject. Yeah. So it's um, trying to get them to a place where you maybe start them out on a hunger initiative, and you build that rapport with them. And then you kind of that 200 level class, mm -hmm. you know, model, you come back to them as you build that relationship and you go, hey, have you ever seen what's going on with, you know, these children of war? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it'd be really great if we did something with this product in your stores. And, you know, it's not always the case. Right. Um, but it's building that trust and that relationship. So educating your retailers Absolutely. is really as important as Absolutely. your ultimate customers. And, you know, they'll ask us, we'll make a recommendation you know, the, something that we should start with. And so we'll, we'll help them out with that. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we just have to keep building, educate them to, to get involved in these other areas. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what's what's next? What you know, is, I think we're going to just kind like? we're just going to hang out <laughs> for a little bit. Um, we um, we're we're gonna focus and really move, try to um, be good stewards of what we've been given, and um, really try to grow the airport and Walmart and mm -hmm. Caribou and these partnerships. Do a really good job with them and the products that we have. So I don't think you'll see any new products um, yeah. in 2011. I think we're just really we've got some other retail opportunities that are coming down the pipe um, that will roll out, but we're gonna kind of just focus on. Yeah. Which is hard because yeah. you want, you know, we, I got a call from um, Whole Foods the other day. They wanted us to look at making a chapstick for them. And, you know, my nature, I'm like, yes, we can do it. <laughs> do Let's it, go yeah. do it. And then, you know, yeah. your team looks at you and is like, hey, didn't you just say we were going to focus? And we're like, yeah, it's probably right. We're not ready to roll out a chapstick, you know, that kind of If we're going to yeah. do it, we need to do it right. So we're going to try to focus. Okay. That's the goal. Okay. Yeah, that's the hope. <laughs> so. Uh, that was Tyler Merrick. Find out more at project7.com. You're listening to Ascend the Hill. The song is Sing. It's playing right now on Relevant FM. Got to tell you, huge fan of this group all of a sudden. Well, I was introduced to their music by Chad, who we were putting together. Um, our, we have a magazine for uh, church leaders called New, and uh, we were putting together a worship CD for, for uh, those subscribers. And we have some live tracks that of, of artists that have come through, like John Mark McMillan and stuff like that. But then we were doing a lot of studio tracks, like uh, or album tracks, like uh, eight or ten of them. So we were going through the other day, uh, and Chad had found a, a great collection, and we were listening to them all. And like this, "Ascend the Hill" song was phenomenal. Uh, but there, uh, then he tells me they're coming into our studio on Friday to record here, and they'll be on the podcast here in a few weeks. That's so, great. Um, I think they're on Chad Johnson's uh, label. That uh, Ocho Cinco. No, yeah, that's yeah, I know. It's like Johnson has an indie rock label. That's prolific. It's a worship label. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Ocho Cinco's next big thing. His worship label. No, um, he left uh, Tooth and Nail and uh, created a record label for artists who uh, want to raise support and go a completely different direction. Wait, uh, Ocho Cinco was on Tooth and Nail Records? I know, I'm mm -hmm. telling you, he has this whole backstory. If you follow him on Twitter, you would know. Hello. <laughs> 
He's like, uh, run our test in the yeah. music label. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> True warrior. <laughs> oh, they misspelled both words. It's really bad. Uh, yeah, anyway, so, uh, st- you know, definitely be on the lookout for that performance coming up here on the podcast. It's going to be pretty awesome. Um, okay, it is now time for our March Madness mascot tournament. <laughs> All right, so a, a, lot, a lot of you guys may be aware that right now is a very exciting time of the year. It's March Madness. Oh, it yeah. is second only in American television viewing to Shark Week in terms of how many <laughs> people are gonna, talking about it. Here, I thought you were going to say the Super Bowl. but <laughs> And even sharks watch it. <laughs> yeah, they have a yeah. week dedicated to I'm still to saying Shark Week is a slightly bigger deal. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I get more pumped about that, but... March Madness is a huge deal. College basketball tournament. But there's one element, you know, let's say let's say that there's people around the, the water cooler at your office that aren't just basketball fans. They want to be part of the madness, but but they're not into the college hoops. So there is an element of college sports that is completely completely neglected. And there is no tournament for for this element. So today on the podcast, we have resident mascot expert Tom Gustafson. Yes, hello. And I am going to, I have gone through a list of NCAA mascots from NCAA Division I colleges. And I'm going to propose a series of cage match fights to Tom Gustafson. <laughs> and he will use his expertise in this field to determine who will advance the next round of our tournament. Yes. Uh, and if I may, I just, you know, to give my background. <laughs> So you Please. know who I am. Um, my name is Dr. Tom Gustafson, DDS. I'm an endodontist by day. And uh, in the evenings and weekends and holidays, I am a mascot enthusiast. <laughs> it's not now, all that I am. you actually spent some time as a mascot. Is that right, yes, Tom? Yes, true. That is very true. For It's a lesser known school in Key West. Um, <laughs> it is the Sand Crabs. And uh, I did in my college years uh, between 72 and 76 was a uh, sand crab. <laughs> and, and that school was uh, unaccredited. It was, a di- it was Division <laughs> 7, which essentially it was a, uh, a gentleman's garage that I lived in for four years. Um, and your, your degree, I believe, in there was I, cryptozoology? No, no. It was uh, in endodontistry with deals with tooth pulp. Uh, okay. The gentleman taught me as I lived in his garage for four years about that. Okay. So you lived yes. in a man's garage and he made you dress up as a sand crab. Yeah. Yeah, as as I learned my cra- as I as I as I honed my craft, I'm not only a uh, mascot enthusiast. Uh, I also am a screenwriter. Um, I'm currently pen- I'm I'm currently penning a Tom Cruise biopic with Tom Cruise to be played by Peyton Manning. Um, a few of the uh, the the combat situations for the mascots that Jesse you have suggested to me. Uh, I, I do need to tell you in advance that I do have dorophobia, which is a fear of pelts and the fur of animals. Uh, so I don't have pets yet. I do have six Roombas that are named after rooms in the White House. So I don't. So I'm just letting you know in advance. My, I'm going to tell you that my dorophobia is going to keep me from being able to fully answer some of your questions. Okay. Um, well, that that I I, appreci- I appreciate that preface. Yeah. And, and, let, and I'm, let, let me also I'm, tell the listeners that if they go to your website, um, they can pay a certain fee to fill out a bracket, and it will go to fund your biopic. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Well, it makes sense, you know, that you are afraid of uh, felt, uh, and you are a sand crab. You know. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely played into that decision. My, <laughs> you don't uh, play a lot of my poker. Your college no. choice. Yeah, yeah so felt there. My, de- my debilitating dorophobia. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it away, Jesse. All right, so uh, I I, I want to introduce the the first matchup, and and remember, this is pretty much a cage fight. Um, the first matchup is between Cleveland State and Northern Arizona, which. I don't even have to name the mascots, I assume, but I will for the <laughs> listener's benefit. Cleveland State are the Vikings. Northern Arizona are the Lumberjacks. Now, Tom, both of these mascots are presumably armed with axes. So I would imagine this would be a relatively short cage fight. Who do you have winning, the Viking or the Lumberjack? Well, when you look past the obvious um, 
external circumstances of the suits between those two um, those two schools, uh, it really comes down to um, when I did some research. The people that are in the suits, uh, first of all, uh, Ganesh Gayatari, age twenty two, software developer, he- heavy set with something to prove. Uh, as the Viking, of course. As the lumberjack Russell Cowan, eighteen, wears the mask because of his acne. <laughs> so if we're just asking about mythical and vocational specifics, uh, my research goes a little bit deeper than that. Um, I would have to say that Ganesh Gayatari, with something to prove as the Viking, would wield his blunt object with more force mm-hmm. than young Russell Cowan. Uh, therefore, I would give it to the Viking space specifically because of that reason. <laughs> So, I, and I and I'm guessing because of uh, what you've you know how you've described uh, what what's to lose for for the Viking that this may be an early Cinderella pick. Yes, they're deeply seated. <laughs> All right. Well, the next matchup is, and I, I described this a little bit uh, uh, when I was in, when I was talking about the game last week is Hampton versus uh, the very famous McNeese State University, the very prestigious school. Um, that would be the Pirates versus the Cowboys, but there's a stipulation that this is more of a duel. Uh, we're going to let the Cowboy have his six-shooter, but the Pirate has a blunderbust, okay? Mm. The problem is the Pirate does have an eye patch, so he may not have the depth perception. <laughs> yes. Well, that's wise of you to take into account. Um, you know, the real sleeper in this is the blunderbuss. Um, you know, we have to really uh, analyze the circumference of the blast of that. And, um, you know, because of that, I, I, I would it's have... It's a mini cannonball is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. For those of you, <laughs> the few of you out there that aren't familiar uh, or don't have your own blunderbusses. <laughs> it's um, like, it's, it's, it's essentially a trumpet with a trigger on it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Which, you know, in my circle, I like to say that's my favorite kind of jazz. <laughs> Uh, but that's only you know when I'm I'm uh, with when I'm with my friends I say things like well that. and that's after you shoot a cowboy with it yeah that's and your and and so just you know out of personal experience uh, I would have to go you know with the pirate in this in this occasion mm-hmm. mm. interesting yep. a lot of the experts have it the other way but that's why we brought you on well thank you um, <laughs> okay now this one uh, this one's an interesting matchup. Uh, it's Sinentary versus Chicago State. The Sinentary, their mascot is the Gentleman. Wait, wait, Centenary? Centenary, forgive me. Not from, from sedentary. From the Summit League? Not Sedentary. From the Summit League. Their Ooh. mascot is the Gentleman. Now, I have the Gentleman <laughs> matched up against Chicago State Cougars. Mm. Now, keep in mind, I'm not thinking this is the animal cougar. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I think this is the cougars versus the Gentleman. Yeah. You know, in uh, Jesse, in, in doing a little bit of in-depth work, in regards to this specific Cougars. Um, matchup, yeah, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of phone calls with uh, HR reps from the school to get the details of mm. this, the the um, the mascots. It's sort of your scouting. Yeah, visit. it is. Yeah, it's it's my Mel Kiper Junior Junior tactic. <laughs> I read uh, his I read his Zenga and uh, his Zenga journal and, and 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 got some tips. But you know what was funny about this one is uh, it didn't actually come from that source. I um, I have a notebook. Um, that's filled with quotes, uh, life sayings, eventual tweets that I've collected um, from what I call the golden years of television. January okay. 1st, 1993 to May 16th, 1998. Um, that Perfect of co- strangers. That, of course, being <laughs> the dates that Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman was of on course. CBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Quinn taught me a lot of things, uh, mainly about how, to refine, how a refined woman uh, should treat a savage half-Indian trapper. <laughs> Which I found <laughs> gently, which I found very uh, compelling in this specific matchup, uh, and, and, and shockingly practical yes, in some life circumstances. Yes, and, yeah. and, and, and in re- researching those odds, the high lows, etc. Um, you know, I came across some uh, some thoughts, and uh, and, and it, it was this. It was this. It was this. Um, in episode six of season five, Sully is trapped in a cave with a real cougar. Now I know that I know that you are talking it's about not Dr. Quinn. It is not Dr. Quinn. <laughs> and I know that we're not focusing on the, the 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 pelted animal which I've already spoke about that I will not discuss. Um, but Sully the ultimate gentleman in this episode uses the branches of a mulberry tree 
to tickle the cougar to sleep. <laughs> we need only we need only to look to history to see that a gentleman will always be a, be victorious in lulling a cougar to sleep. And so I wanted to put my vote in for the gentleman. Mm. Nice. Yep. Wow. And, and yeah, that is you're only going to get an, that kind of analysis here, folks. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'd like to move on to the West bracket, where Northwestern State will be matching up against uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Who it will be a demon versus a real life raging Cajun. A real life raging Cajun. A real life raging Cajun. Maybe Jesse Duplantis. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, give us Sam and Western. That's a great reference. Okay, so it this is we're talking about Northwestern State versus LA Lafayette, a demon. Yeah. Versus a rage and Cajun. Now, yeah. um, first, what we need to establish is an understanding of who the Cajuns are. They're an ethnic group mainly living in the U.S. state of Louisiana, <laughs> consisting of the descendants of Acadian exiles. Uh, essentially, there are about 424,000 Cajuns living in Louisiana at this time. Now, the sheer number of Cajuns, you would think, would put some sort of force behind this single rage and Cajun. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a bit, there's there's a fact that's not very well known about Northern State University. Uh, did you know that Northern State University was built upon the mouth of hell in uh, <laughs> in Cheese, Louisiana? You see, the mascot. This is where it gets interesting. North, uh, first of all, Northwestern this State. This is was, where it gets yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the mascot came from an actual demon that escaped from hell and was trapped under a box with the old cupcake in a box trick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and though the demon has been relatively socialized and is neutered, um, I would have to say that it, when an angry Arcadian pseudo-Frenchman would challenge him, um, it will dismember in, uh, the Cajun with his mind mm-hmm. and uh, that demon would, would win. Would win, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. wow. I would think it'd be like a pretty pretty messy fight yeah oh it's it was it was it yeah it'll be awful yeah it gets spicy yeah it will be pretty much unwatchable yeah um all right well i'd, I'd real quick like to move on to james madison versus uh pennsylvania uh duke versus a quaker T- keep in mind i think quakers may be pacifists so i don't know how it's going to factor in here yeah this was a uh this one was a little more straightforward um i was hoping that uh the james madison duke's uh, would be somewhat of Earl or um, would be even of J.J. Reddick of type. <laughs> wasn't, the, uh, wasn't what I found. Uh, the actual mascot of James Madison Duke is none other than a hardy canis lupus, uh, <laughs> other than, otherwise known as a bulldog. Oh. So mm. you'd think it would be a duke, as in, again, of royalty, monarchy, mm. etc., but it's not. It's actually of a, um, a hardy, hardy breed of dog. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so the Quaker doesn't stand a chance. Well, you know, that was part of the issue when I when I was really analyzing not only who was in the suit, the history of the university, when it was founded, who the dean was, etc. <laughs> um, but here's something interesting. And I, I think that you may find this interesting, Jesse. Um, when I pressed Pennsylvania about what their mascot was about, it, it surprisingly was not actually about a Quaker. It was actually um, the embodied spirit and soul of Wilford Brimley. <laughs> ah, from the Quaker Oats. From fame. the Quaker Oats commercial. <laughs> a little known fact. And so, as I did a little bit of deeper research, the Bulldog would have no answer for the powerful combinations of the Brimley mustache, making it rain. Quote, all over its sad smashed face. <laughs> and this, and, and the, the other, the other story of this is it goes to show for the for people that have different medical conditions can still uh, have a good story. In yeah. Wilford Brimley's case, diabetes. Yes. Yeah, that is not that. And him you know, and Jay Cutler are both you know showing that that it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Jay Cutler is a little hit and miss. Yeah. And he does he like I said, and he has a diet that. Solely consists of Quaker oatmeal. Well, in this case, uh, oddly enough, you should mention uh, I asked him about his, you know, how he felt about how the fight would go, um, and he was quoted to say um, by AP that after his mustache beats the Duke to death, he was going <laughs> he was going to braise its bones and dine on its flesh with a piping hot bowl of oats. 
Oh, on, <laughs> only to wash it down Delicious. with a tall, cool glass of Metamucil. <laughs> yeah, Wilford Brimley is not a man you want to mess with. No, that's that's what I'm trying to establish here, Jesse. And, and I think uh, there's several of us in this conversation that have learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> uh, I, I want to know what your opinion is against a maverick from Texas Arlington against a leatherneck from Western Illinois. Yeah, great, great question. Great bracket. Really a strong matchup in the West. <laughs> Again, uh, we must look past what seems obvious here, Jesse. Some deeper research and where my expertise comes in is where I feel like the real edge on the betting goes. Um, I'd like to bring to attention uh, to the mascot co- combat council that we have here um, that one Mel Gibson, Gibson starred in a highly successful film with the same name. Uh, The dean of Texas, Arlington, was so impressed and moved by the film that he insisted they rebrand their mascot after him. Similarly, well, and, 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 if, and if I may uh, interject, I believe Maverick is the most successful movie of all time. Yes, I think it's the <laughs> highest grossing uh, and most emotionally moving uh, movie of all time. Certainly. Okay. And oddly enough, similarly in 2008, George Clooney starred in the critically acclaimed and much lauded Leathernecks. <laughs> Alvin Goldfarb, the resident dean of Western Illinois, shut down their campus for three weeks to ensure that every student saw the the moving film. He also insisted that their new mascot be none other than George Clooney. So what we have here, Jesse, what we what we have building here in the West um, in the top of this bracket is a showdown between Mel Gibson and George Clooney, um, which there would only be a narrow margin, and in my opinion, would of course go to Mel Gibson due to his desert combat training for the films Mad Max as well as Mad Max 2 Return to the Thunderdome. I just think crazy always wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he has, a, he has a, a rage that no one wants to get in the way of. No, absolutely I think, I think ultimately in the championship round, I mean, we. I think you know. After we get through the the first bracket here, we know this is coming down between Mel Gibson and Wilford Brimley. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I was really hoping that you would have to bring that up and not me. I really yeah. wanted someone else to catch on to that because it's been keeping me up. So thank you for joining me in that. Well, I I, I want to do one more. That's just a play in game. Um, you know, we know none of these guys are going to get their shot, but uh, you know, but at least they 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 made it in is the uh, Xavier Musketeer versus the UMass Minutemen. Yeah, that, that's a really good match. And of course... I think kind of the same thing. A Musketeer and a Minuteman. They both uh, use muskets. Sim- well, they're similar unless you look back into history. Okay. And then it, <laughs> then it really has. gets... Which I have and I, I can show here. Uh, <laughs> you know, you were right about that, Jesse. These, If either one of these silly teams were to actually uh, make it in, you're right, Mel Gibson or... Uh, Wilford Brimley would crush their spirits. Um, so for the sake of just, you know, kind of going through this, let's do this here. Um, you see, uh, in regards to the Xavier Musketeers, uh, one must remember uh, that muskets were used in China, at least from the 14th century. Muskets were utilized in the Ming Dynasty between 1368 and 1644, and in the Qing Dynasty between 1644 and 1911. And that wasn't as interesting to me as this fact. Musket warf- warfare became an integral part of Indian warfare when they were introduced to India by the Mughals in 1519. They were an important defense against the tank-like war elephants. Do you hear that, what I said there? War elephants. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing more terrifying than a war elephant. (laughs) Now, when you combine... Now, when you combine... That should be a mascot. Yeah, really. When you combine the history... The history of, of musketeers, um, you know, over the last few centuries, with with this very important person, one um, D'Artagnan, <laughs> who was one of uh, a friend of Athos, Porthos, and Aramaeus, uh, they were inseparable friends. Um, when you combine the the name D'Artagnan with the history of being a weapon that would deter war elephants, um, I feel like it's it's easy to understand that. Um, any sort of group of brigand farmers and young men uh, would stand no chance whatsoever against something like that. So, so what you're telling me, this one's pretty much a coin toss. Well, no, I'm, I'm actually telling you quite the opposite of that of Jesse. I, 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 I think the musketeers, though armed with a very similar weapon, uh, would absolutely crush uh, those farmers into the ground. Well, they've mm. got pitchforks. Mm. You know, yeah. They're running around yeah. with shovels. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, it's going to be messy. Yes. Oh, bloody yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, this has been uh, shockingly insightful. And I, I know that there's a lot of people that already have a lot of money on the line here. And so uh, I'm glad that you are able to help them uh, win their office pools and, uh, and, and hopefully fund this Tom uh, Cruise biopic, which have we heard the name of yet, Tom? You know, it's, it's in title right now. You know, as I've been thinking about it, and I, I hope you can follow me for a second, it's kind of an Inception style uh, movie where, hang with me for one moment. It's a movie about Tom Cruise. It's a biopic. He's played by Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning is playing Tom Cruise as if Tom Cruise was Peyton Manning. <laughs> so it's it's the history of Tom Cruise. If Peyton Manning was Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise is being played by Peyton Manning who thinks he's Tom Cruise. Okay, I'm following you. Yeah, it's a simple premise. Yeah, and, and uh, I had I, you had actually uh, sent me a while ago an early draft of the script, and at the time it was pretty much uh, the only it was one shot uh, about four and a half hours long of extended dialogue from Peyton Manning. Yeah, it's is that, that still what you're thinking? Well, it's it's changed a little bit. It's uh, it's basically kind of like a, a he. It's a, there's one shot. It's one. You're right, and he's sitting on a bench looking out. Um, it's in, set in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. I'm shooting it right on the beach down there in, um, in, in late April with Peyton. And um, it's basically uh, Peyton just staring at the ocean, um, uh, just kind of going through his life, just talking about himself yeah. as Tom Cruise from the beginning all the way to the end. It's going to be uh, three VHS tapes long. <laughs> it's going to be 12 hours of, of straight monologue. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you had shared. And what's interesting, I think people will know, you know, this is kind of DVD commentary or VHS commentary, as it were. Um, you know, you're not using cue cards. So Peyton Manning is actually memorizing about 12 and a half hours of dialogue right it's, now. It's absolutely incredible to watch. He's a master. <laughs> now, uh, a lot of conspiracy theorists will probably presume, and rightly so, that you are behind the NFL lockout to have secured Peyton Manning's time. <laughs> <laughs> that I can't comment on that at this time, though I will say that this movie has everything to do with uh, global terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's spo no spoiler alert, but just, no. yeah, just, uh, you know, you want to, you want to keep people in mind. It's a little wow. teaser. Wow. That was the most bizarre game we've ever played. <laughs> That's terrific. <laughs> that was great guys. Um, thanks for uh, the March madness mascot tournament. Um, if you want to see all these picks, uh, kind of so you can check your own brackets and compare and contrast for your betting, uh, they'll be at the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for the March Madness mascot tournament. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. You're listening to Bella Rouge. The song is Bump. All right, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, you know, we had a very um, uh, thought-provoking podcast with Rob Bell uh, talking about, you know, universalism, heaven, hell, and everything in between. So our question of the week to you was just as pressing. We asked you how you would get a hypothetical squirrel out of your house using weapons right. purchased at a military auction. That's right. So uh, you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmags.com and posted your replies there. Uh, one of you uh, who we liked your answer, we're actually going to call uh, here in the segment. Uh, Tom is still with us. He's joining us as well. So um, here's a few of your replies. 
Uh, Jordan Bishop says that if if these old military auctions have so much stuff, maybe you could actually buy the services of ex-officials. If so, the proper thing to do would be to hire Colin Powell. He could come to your attic and use his diplomatic skills to talk the squirrel into leaving and apologize for leaving any mess. He says if that doesn't work, then just blast Nickelback and that will drive them out. Mike from Saskatoon uh, said he would just buy old man Jefferson's skull cap and trap the said squirrel under the said cap or just wait it out, skip the auction and see if we can both be civilized about this. <laughs> I like Brandon Fisher's, which is I would just throw <laughs> I would just throw a sack over the squirrel and hit it with a hammer. I would give it to my cousin Eddie. He eats those things. Oh. <laughs> I think that's a is that a Christmas vacation reference? I, I, I don't know, but it felt like it just got real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it felt like that happened to this guy. Uh, someone with the name Amorvin says, I don't understand why squirrels in your house is such a big deal. I say make the best of the situation. I think a pet squirrel would rule. Tell me, in what situation would you not want the squirrels on your side? A squirrel got into my house while my parents were having a Sunday school class party and I was away. I was quite upset by the fact that they did not trap this squirrel, but merely cornered the animal by a door in hopes that it would see itself out. Also, where you have a pet squirrel, you could name said squirrel Nutters. all right um so sarah wrote one here and we're actually going to call her on the uh podcast skype line and talk to her about her reply hello is this sarah yes this is sarah hey it's cameron from the relevant podcast hey hey um you are on with us uh maya's here josh jesse and a new friend tom hi hi hello So we are are talking through feedback right now. We asked people, um, how would you hypothetically get a squirrel out of your house, especially if you um, had to use items from a local military surplus auction? Uh, We liked your reply, and we wanted to talk to you about it. So why don't you go ahead and tell uh, the listeners your idea? Yeah, well, I kind of forgot the military surplus uh, option, and I just went for the... um turn your house into a squirrel habitat to attract all the squirrels so <laughs> that which is kind of you know why would you do that but then you can um you can move out into a tree house which is really like every childhood dream come true so you so, switch places yeah you're just the turning the house over to the squirrels and then you take their habitat Exactly. Well, I, I'll say that you're really, I mean, to some extent, you're exercising a military option of path- pacifism. <laughs> exactly. I don't think they sell that at the auctions, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> That's an idea. You can't buy that. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. Um, so uh, you're obviously a, a green-minded person. Where, where are we talking to you from? Where are you from? I am in Redding, California right now. Oh, we'll see. There oh, you go. Oh, the big trees. Okay. Yeah, trees the trees. Exactly. Yep. Um, and what do you do there in Reading? Um, I'm a student. Are you a student? I go to Simpson University. Oh, Simpson. Do you What's also- the mascot? Uh, it's a Red Hawk. Is, you, is it not a Homer? <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> She's heard that before. Right. So, uh, what are you what are you studying? Um, I am a cross cultural studies major, and my emphasis is community development and Bible and theology. What do you want to do with that? Um, work for a nonprofit or development work overseas, probably. Interesting. So you want to be rich? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm paying all this money for a great Christian education to not make any afterwards. That's a great decision. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, what you what you described is essentially a business degree. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we like your idea. It's it was unlike the others. All the others, um, the messes happened. They pretty and, much killed and, the squirrel. And, and, the, yeah. and the squirrel had very untimely or kind of messy demises. Mm-hmm. Um, you're taking notes over there? Yeah. I was. Well, there was something that just came in over the wire that I wanted to share. <laughs> okay. Sarah, do you want to hear it? It's live. Apparently, people are still uh, writing in about this. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, it's from Desperate in Detroit. And this gentleman wrote in, um, if there were a squirrel in my home, I'd get the keys to my large white van. I would head over to the surplus store and stock up on weapons to blast it out of my home. I would begin with something as um, innocuous as a BB gun and work my way all the way up to assault rifles. Um, But unfortunately, on my way home, I got hungry. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's yes. where the letter stops. Oh, wow. uh, okay. So. Well, Sarah, uh, and it's a, it's a dress from the state penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks thanks for uh, writing in. Thanks for listening. We like your idea. It's the only one where the squirrels ended up happy. Mm-hmm. Thank it, you. Thanks. Um, all right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. So that'll do it for uh, last week's question of the week. Here's this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, obviously, we were all educated today. Um, with the uh, March Madness mascot tournament. Uh, so, we, somehow we, we learned and also lost our innocence at the same time. <laughs> um, so we want to know from you, what would your ideal mascot matchup be and how would it go down? I mean, how many mascots are there to choose from? Listen, I'm surprised. I'm shocked, Jesse, that you did not do the, uh, the Hilltoppers. It's, mm. their, their mascot is that big red thing. and yeah. It's literally the top yeah. of a hill. Well, that's I didn't do it because it's unbeatable. (laughs) (laughs) How do you beat the top? Well, and it kind of like paper, rock, scissors. You just cover it. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) It'd be pretty easy. Wait a hundred years, see what's going to be there. You're covering or the top of the hill. (laughs) (laughs) It'll just outlast you. Yeah, they play. They the hilltoppers play the equivalent of like North Carolina four corners offense, where they just run out the clock. All right, so we want to know what your uh, ID, what your just the pinnacle matchup mascot matchup would be. Um, so go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, post your answers there, and um, if you want us to call you on the podcast Skype line next week, um, contact oh. us at podcast at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, well on that note, we'll uh, wrap it up. Many thanks to Tyler Merrick for talking to us. Um, make sure to check out Project 7. They're doing some great stuff, and they have, honestly, great great coffee and, and gum and mints and all that, and it goes to a great cause. Great, great, great. Uh, <laughs> Project7.com. You can follow uh, Tyler on Twitter at, uh, at Tyler Merrick. has two R's. It's, it's a good follow. Um, and uh, thanks to Tom, Dr. Tom, uh, joining DDS. us. DDS. DDS. <laughs> joining us for the uh, March Madness mascot tournament. I think we can we can honestly say we all grew a little bit yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. That's That's Thank you. really fantastic. Uh, so on, on that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Josh Luan Loveless. I'm Jesse Carey. And I'm Tom. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Is that really what you So you got your head in the clouds You made a fool out of you And boy, she's bringing you down She made no hard milk But you're cold to the core Now rumor has it She ain't got your love anymore Rumor has it Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast For more, go to relevantmagazine.com So you're telling me the guy that opened a uh, fire on a Taco Bell over 50 cents wasn't thinking it through? <laughs>